Hey everybody, welcome to the Future Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Donlan, and I'm here today with a very special guest, uh, Faisal Karmali. Faisal, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thanks for uh, coming on today. Oh, and thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. We've been trying to link up for a while, so um, <laughs> really excited to get you on here. Um, to say you fit the profile of the people that we're trying to get on this podcast is a, an absolute understatement. So really, really appreciate you um, coming on. How, how is everything where you are right now? Yeah, well, I'm in, I'm in Alberta, Calgary, Alberta, and uh, things are slowly getting more open in the economy. Uh, businesses are starting to get more of an upbeat feeling. They're kind of happy that we're away from this full lockdown. Um, still scary out there, still concerns out there, but uh, the, the uh, momentum, I would say, is starting to build. Okay, that's fantastic. Um, you guys aren't seeing anything like you're seeing in the States with all the kind of crazy stuff that's going on. Nothing like that, no. Just to, uh, no, nothing like that. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Crazy what's going on down there. It's very, very frightening for a lot of people. Um, so if you wouldn't mind telling people a little bit about yourself, you're an incredibly accomplished guy. You're um, an author, you're a talk show host, a business analyst, and uh, if I'm not wrong, you're the number one investment advisor in Canada. Yeah, so I, I, I'll pull myself down as an entrepreneur, and one yeah. of my businesses that I've, I've, I've worked with and built with my business partner is the management side. We do a wealth of practice. I am a professional portfolio manager, so I do manage people's money and so forth for a living. I've done other multiple businesses in the past, uh, in, and successful and not successful. And what I've really been taking a, a pivot with my, myself is helping other business owners, helping entrepreneurs, helping uh, individuals that want to take their business to the next level. A lot of experience I have uh, doing it myself, but more importantly, what I've done is uh, worked with other uh, experienced, successful entrepreneurs, bring them onto my YouTube show, bring them onto my podcast, really learn about what, what makes them successful, and then uh, get, have them give advice to to my audience, and I think that's part of it. We're gonna be launching a program called Real Talk Rescue in the, in the fall. This program's basically going into the businesses and getting into it. I think there's a lot of individuals out there who talk about motivation for business owners, uh, how, how to get you know, motivated and pumped up to go do your business. But at the end of the day, the reason why most businesses fail is because they don't know how to run a business. What are the mechanics of it? And so. Um, I work on five different pillars. I start to break down those pillars for individuals. And those five pillars are, I call them the five P's, talking about how you deal with people, how you have your product or service, your process, what's your passion, and of course, how you get paid. All those five P's are very important to actually be successful in business, no matter if you're in a service-based business, if you're selling a product or a combination of the two online, bricks and mortar, it doesn't matter. Um, those five P's are the pillars to become a successful business owner. Brilliant. And I think it's fair to say that if you, um, if you get the first four P's, I'm just reading the uh, people, product, purpose, and passion, you know, usually the fifth one paid is going gonna, is gonna to follow. If you're, if you're providing people with an incredible service, your procedure is correct, your process and your passion. The, I, I think the cash flow is on the opposite side of, of success, you know, success comes usually before the big windfall in, in, uh, in finances. Yeah. And so there's, there's a, there's a bridge in between that as well. We to think about there's many business owners who are, are scared to ask for the money. Yes. They, are, they don't know how to invoice. They don't know how to collect our accounts receivable. 
Um, those types of things where people owe you money for a damn good job you did. And we're just sometimes, maybe it's Canadian of us to say, please and not give me my money, you know, those kind of things. But <laughs> some people are don't undervalue themselves. They yes. don't know what the true fair market value of their product or service is. And, and I think getting paid is not just the collection of the revenue, but how do you go through that entire process to have that compensation conversation for yourself and for your employees is important. And why do you think that is? Because I've definitely, um, when I first got into sales, for sure, you know, I, I was afraid to ask for the business, but I guess as I, as I got through it um, and as I got through the training process and I developed, I met at a, my business, no matter how bad the presentation went or how bad everything was at the end, I would ask for the deal. I'd ask for the business and I'd say, so, you know, what will it take to do a deal today? And you'd be amazed by how many times that's all you need to do. You just need to ask for the business. And, and I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where uh, somebody asks you at a furniture store or a clothes store, you're like, would you like to buy this? And you almost feel obliged to, to buy. It's almost more difficult to say no than it is to say uh, yes, you know? That has happened to me many times, actually. And, and, and you're right. It's sometimes the fear of the rejection, of being rejected, is, is part of it. I think when it comes to businesses, is how do you structure that, that request? Is it just in the sales process? But what about the collection side? What if you've done a job? Many service-based businesses don't work on an upfront payment. They work on either a retainer or an invoice system. And so you invoice and you don't get your money. And now you're trying to negotiate the price on that invoice because they can't pay you. Yeah. Like right? And those types of concerns come up and now you're taking a discount to your value without how do you build that process so that the, the customer or client knows exactly what they're getting for, what they're going to be paying, and here comes the output. So when they get the invoice, they're not haggling with you, right? So I, I, I think we as business owners, many of us um, negotiate our value as opposed to explaining our value and sticking to it, with, which would include giving up business for them. Okay. And... Um... How do you turn around to your clients or the people that you're educating and how do you get them to either build that, um, build that invoicing system or that um, uh, ask for the deal, ask for your business or ask for payment? How do you get them to change their mindset? Yeah, it, it, well, I think once you start building processes, so that's one of the P's that I talk about is what's in your entire client experience process? What's in your revenue slash invoicing process? Do you have an operations manual that actually details line by line, step by step, what does everything have to happen? And so I, I love process maps. I have a whole bunch of these sticky notes that I put on my door going reverse chronological order of what the experience is. And when it comes to actually getting paid, a lot of it has to do with transparency. Where most of the discrepancies happen in a service-based business, we'll start there, is there is no clear understanding of what they're paying for. What's the value for their fee that they're, that they're paying for? And that lack of transparency causes a lot of confusion. So that's where you get invoice um, fear. When the invoice kicks in, you go, oh my God, I can't believe I'm paying this much. That experience is the customer experience and the, the business owner, uh, when they're giving that service saying, yeah, well, that's my service. And now you're debating on the value and that's a problem. So establishing that at the beginning by having that conversation kind of just gets everything out of the way. So you know you can, who you're dealing with 
and who you're not. Could you imagine how many customers would say, I'm not prepared to pay that amount? Well, then you don't have to deal with that. Collections is a lot harder to deal with than, than rejecting a, a potential customer and moving on to the next. So I think transparency at the beginning of your process is way more important than trying to invoice and then collect later. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. There's something that's done in the automotive industry in North America, it's different um, in, in Europe. You look at a vehicle, you test drive a car, it could be a hundred thousand, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollar car, but you don't look at your payments or anything until after the drive. And it doesn't make any sense to me. You know, to me, if I show the guy a five thousand dollar a month monthly payment or whatever, whatever the payment is, or two thousand dollar a month payment, I want these guys to know what it is because we're gonna go on an hour test drive or we're gonna go on an hour presentation or you know, you don't um you don't look at a home or a condo and not know what your mortgage payment is going to be. You know, you usually you do that first of all, guys get pre-approved, things like that, and then they pull the trigger and find out what they're looking for. I couldn't agree with you more. Find out what you are willing to pay, what you can afford, and then, you know, work backwards from, from that point. Exactly. Yeah, what you identified there is the difference in type of product that you're being sold. If it's a smaller ticket, you know, the price is a lot more easier to digest, um, you know, you can $1,000 for this product makes sense. You can just say, this is how much it's going to cost. When you're looking at a $300,000 or a $1 million, $2 million property, $500,000 vehicle, well, you're not paying that upfront, generally speaking. You've got a payment plan. Knowing what the payment plan is, is kind of going that in that direction. This is the same thing for service-based businesses who are going to charge let's say 50, 100, $200,000 for a service to another company. So this is business to business. And they're giving a, a big check. Of, this is going to cost you 100,000. If you break it down monthly, if you show not only the, the quantitative side, but the value you get on a month by month basis and how we can increase over time, it's not sticker shock anymore. It's transparency and you'll get more acceptance that way. Then you'll get rejection. Yeah. Showing everything up front, making the client or your, uh, your customer comfortable makes the whole system a lot smoother, you know? And like you said, you don't negotiate then when something is finished, there's nothing worse, you know, have your, have your contract in place, have agreed, have everything agreed, and then you, you send your invoice. But speaking of those invoices, <clears throat> I'm sure a lot of people are very nervous now to send their invoices out with everything that's going on, you know? Some people are like, oh, I'm, I'm unsure about this invoice, everything that's going on, I know I have the work done, but can they afford it? So in this environment, what you're saying is um, even more important than it was before. Well, send the invoice, but also have, send us a bit of compassion. Yeah. Look, I know we're all going through tough times. This is no different than what we expected landlords to do to tenants in their, in their commercial properties. Look, I know you may be going through some tough times, possible, but here's the rent that is due. Here's my invoice that you need to pay. Let's talk about what will work for you. You still have to pay for my service or my product but I'm, I'm compassionate to your situation. I'm in the same situation as you are. So let's work together and figure this out. That compassion holds way more weight than it would be by saying, here's that. And don't forget at the bottom of the invoice, you're going to be paying a certain percentage of interest if you fail to pay within 30 or 90 days or whatever your invoice is. Like that just makes at today's situation way more cumbersome, way more of an issue and a loss of, of loyalty to that, to that business if your bottom of your invoice says you're going to be paying interest for not paying on time versus I know things may be a bit challenging right now. Give me a call. Let's talk about it. Yeah. 
makes uh, makes all the difference. If you can, like that, the, the compassion is everything. And you know what? Without integrity, nothing works. You know, um, Darren Jacqueline from um, EXP uh, would always say that. Without integrity, nothing works. You know, you you need you need to have that. And especially in, like you said, especially in when you're coming into recession or a depression or whatever we we, we want to call what's going on in the world now, it helps. And people will remember that. They'll, they'll never forget that and they'll never forget it the other way as well if you're if you're ruthless and like you said charging interest on invoices and things when people you know maybe can't pay their home mortgage or you know can't you know almost can't feed their children you are another um you know a thorn in their side along with everything else you, you'll you'll lose their business for life we all need to be um uh, open and respectful right now of, of uh people's needs yeah and it's it's just challenging for sure yeah it is. No one has ever experienced anything like this. You know, yeah. nobody. Um, everybody's in the same position. And I'm glad that things are opening up slowly. It's beautiful weather in British Columbia here at the moment. Um, the sun is out. The people are getting out. Everything is kind of opening up gradually. So we're kind of getting some kind of normality. But what I really think to myself, a lot of these businesses that I thought were shut down for COVID, they're just not opening again, you know. We just... We just don't know that they're not opening again yet. And a lot of people who thought they were just temporarily laid off, they're now unemployed. So we all need to rally together and, you know, shop local and, you know, help, help these people that are, um, that are basically struggling. People with these small, you know, mom and pop uh, shops, uh, cafes, things like that. Um, don't get me wrong. I'll, I love a Starbucks in the morning, but I think maybe head down to the local coffee shop instead this, uh, for the next little while if you can. Um, how's how's the weather there at the moment? Yeah, things things are are we're very good. We're going to get some rain over the weekend, so that might dampen some of the uh, the outgoing. But it's it's much better than it was. Calgary's known for having all four seasons within a month, so you can get your <laughs> snow, rain, and sunshine and fall all within one month. So it sometimes it happens in even in a day. So we're accustomed to these big change in weather patterns. But it's um it's you're still going to see more and more people out because things are looking a little bit better. So like you said, support local. Uh, and when we talk about local, write down five different industries of people who are local. And I'm talking, there are people like dentists that are impacted by this, like dentists. We never thought that dentists would ever have problems uh, financially, but at least in my area, I, have, I know of at least five dentists closed on shop permanently in area alone. Forget about my province, but in my area alone. So there, that's, there, there's... Impact. So think about your local business owner is a dentist, your dry cleaner, uh, a mom and pop restaurant. You know, there's so many. We always think of storefront when we think about sh uh, shopping local. It's not always storefront only. Like there's there's businesses that you know that require. So how about businesses that support other local businesses? So when you're talking about a restaurant, are they buying local produce? Mm. Now your help. Now the chain gets even better, right? And so I know we're we like to go to the big boxes. The the difference in 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 like a Starbucks versus a mom and pop coffee shop. I know it's sometimes better or or it's easier or convenient. But right now, if you have the means and resources, stepping a little bit outside of your comfort zone, instead of getting that delivery from the app, go to the restaurant. They save twenty to thirty percent. Yeah, just on that alone, and I'm not trying to downplay the app because it's been a big help in the in this pandemic. But there are ways you can help that by a little bit more, and that that gives some confidence. Yeah, 
or, or even like you said, you know, you, you want to go to uh, the local hardware store instead of ordering, you know, something from Amazon. You know, we need to be very cognizant of that right now. You know, we need to buy. And on, the, and on the flip side, sorry, Sean, for cutting you off. There, on the flip side, businesses need to get out there more and tell their story. Yeah, like it just can't be on the consumer's responsibility. It has yeah. to be on the backs of business owners. They have to do more now to get their voice heard than ever before. Because right now, it's not only just a buy and sell transaction. It's buy, be, but be safe before I buy, before I come to your location, before I buy online, before yeah. I make that trip. There's a lot more things in the way before that consumer will commit to you and your business. So the business owner has to do way more work to get their name out, build confidence and trust with that customer. And then that customer will come out and buy it. Do not assume that you're entitled to business just because you're local. Yeah. And, and, and things like, you know, social media, I don't see enough, you know, uh, local businesses advertising on social media, you know, like it's incredibly cheap. The outreach far surpasses everything else. Even if you just picked one platform, if you picked Facebook or pick in, picked Instagram or LinkedIn and just, you know, $100 a month to $500 a month, you're going to reach thousands of people. You still have people using what I would call dead mediums, you know, um, pr printing a lot of things. Um, you know, I, 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 uh, I can't emphasize enough how these people should be basically glued to um, social media or focusing, you know, uh, on social media in, the, in their local vicinity. You know, you can pick a, pick a five mile radius from where I want, where, where my location is advertised, you know, within walking distance. And uh, I could pick probably two um, uh, coffee shops in the whole of the downtown Vancouver area that I've seen, you know, uh, advertising for, you know, maybe there, maybe there's a lot more doing it, but you can even take it one step before that and see how many of these small and medium sized businesses even have a website, a yeah. landing page. They don't even have that. And so yeah. they didn't have to, it was easier pre-COVID that business would come in. Yeah. It is different now. So this is where I think a lot of businesses are going to fail and no longer exist because they're not changing with the times. If in 2020 you have a business and no website, you're already setting yourself up for failure. You're in trouble. Yeah. You you're can't do social media if they have nowhere to go with that social media. Yeah. You need a landing page. And you don't even look, you don't look serious without a website. If I'm trying to buy something and I can't find a website, I'm like, well, this is, this is a, is this, what kind of a business is this? You know? Um, but like you said, they need to adjust. Like I'm doing this podcast and I wanted to do it. I'm a huge, you know, Joe Rogan and these guys got me into, into podcasting and stuff. And I'm a big fan. And I always said, I would love to do a podcast. I didn't know what to do it about. And I was hosting some networking events in the city. And then what do these networking events have in common? You got to have, you know, social gatherings. So that just stopped everything. And I said, well, you know, we had a lot of traction. I, I want to keep um, projecting these interesting people's stories to, to the community here. And then I said, I'm just going to do my podcast. And that was my reason for doing the future podcast. And without, <clears throat> without doing this, nobody would be thinking about the future events. Now I have people messaging me constantly saying, when is your next event? You know, good work on the podcast. Uh, thanks for getting people on. And, um, and if you refuse or you ignore doing that now, you're going to be left behind. You know, like I, I'm planning when things open to have the events again. I'm talking to the people that, that I have on this podcast about 
getting together for this when everything is safe again. But if you have basically closed down your business and not projected your story on the only medium that people can see right now, nobody's going out to get a newspaper. You know, people don't listen to the radio anymore. People listen to podcasts and they watch YouTube. So if you're refusing to put any time, effort and resources into that, like you said, you're just going to be left behind. There's no yeah. question. Yeah. There's many business owners during this pandemic had a sense of paralysis. Yes. They, they didn't know what to do. They've got so many things on their mind and maybe business development or the next phase of their business was not top of mind. So they're in paralysis. And I understand that. And I feel really, really strong about those individuals who are going through that. It's tough. So I totally get that, that feeling. The, the second part of this now is now they're, getting, they're slowly un, they're thawing away from that paralysis. They're not frozen anymore. And so now they're moving into some sort of direction. What we need to continually tell business owners is think about your clients. Put yourself in your clients' and customers' shoes. What do they do on a typical day during a pandemic and now that we're opening up after a pandemic? So if they are traveling to Stanley Park and they're going to hang out there with their family, where do you think you need to put your car the next time you want to sell your vehicle that's yeah. going to be an interesting play to make. And yeah. then once you can, you know they're going to be hanging out at Stanley Park, you can actually do a geofencing of that area and start to advertise or just promote yourself electronically in that area because you know what your customer does. When you don't know what your customer does and you cannot put yourself in their shoes, well, then you, were, you weren't ready before COVID. And so get on board get proper experts to work with you to make sure that you can do that going forward. And that's how you're going to not only survive, but thrive in this kind of a business. So it's, it's really putting yourself in that customer or client's shoes. So you know where they're going, you know what the play is. I, I'm a big hockey fan. So I, I talk about Wayne Gretzky a lot. Now Wayne Gretzky always said, go where the puck is going to be, not where the puck was. We got to know where that, where our client is going to be so we can be there right in time for them to see us. Yeah. You know, the future isn't going to wait around for you, you know, yeah. gotta, we have to create it. that's it. Yeah. You just gotta, you've got to tackle it full on. Um, so we're, uh, we're out of time. That was a, a quick 25 minutes. Um, before I let you go, um, something that I always ask our uh, guests on the show here, um, for somebody starting off right now, whatever industry that may be an aspiring entrepreneur, what advice would, uh, would, would you give them Faisal? Yeah, so first of all, get a mentor. Find out people who are doing well in industry or in the same business that you want to get into. Number two, research. Understand your market. You may have an idea, but if you don't really understand your market and your market research, you are going to have a tough time. And the third one, understand financials, the money. Don't spend stuff you don't have to. Be really prudent with your financial management. And if that's not your skill set, if that's not your strength, that's okay. Get the right people on board to help you along the way. That will set you up with a good foundation where you can take your business to the next level. Fantastic. Mentorship, research, and financials. Those are your three, those are your three uh, trifecta, I'll call it. Amen. <laughs> Fantastic. Faisal, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I hope to finally get to meet you in person when 
either when I'm there or, or you're here and when the world is a little bit uh, a little bit more normal. So thanks again for coming on and um, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks everybody for listening. That's the end of our episode. Tune in again next week for another future podcast.